Understanding CBD, brought to you by Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts. Baltimore is listening. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Understanding CBD, brought to you by Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts. Here's Max and Steven. Welcome into Understanding CBD. Hello there, Max Sobel. Hello, Brother Stephen Wallman. We're happy to be here this beautiful Sunday afternoon in uh, the beautiful town of Pikesville. A general reminder to everyone, don't take anything said on this program as professional medical or legal advice. Right. Don't take any financial advice from us either, and I'm not going to tell you to absolutely pay any attention to cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin. <laughs> don't learn about that. Don't take any time to learn anything about that. No financial advice from us. There you go. That's great. Well, I'll remind you, the lines are open today, and you're going to definitely want to call in. We already have some people queued up here. Um, the phone number is 410-922-6680. Noah's ready for the phone calls. Um, we really got an exciting show as well. Uh, not only if you if you can't listen to us on the radio, you know there's other ways to listen, right, Max? And you can go to understandingcbd.com, and you can listen live there. There's a little button. You click on it, and you can stream the show from your computer. You can also see us on video. Um, we do YouTube videos, and you can get all of them on the same website. Yeah, and um, on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share. Follow us. You'll get notification. Hit the notification bell. Ding, ding. Um, Zach does a good job of getting making sure that's done. Indeed. Um, so, again, awesome, man. Max. Tell me about that song. Now, now, Max used to be a DJ. I don't know if anybody knew this yeah, before. Yeah, dabbled. So I never know what might be coming out of Max's song selection. That's the kind of song that eventually needed to make it to our rotation. It's been on my short list. I can't say there's a strategic reason to have it on today, but it's a heck of a jam. What you song know? is it? What's the name of the song? PM Dawn. PM Dawn. Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. Right. And I got the year written down, 1991. But the, the nice thing about that song is this will bring us back to the 80s where we grew up. Um, the, the, the riff sort of, you know, the, the some of the, the, the tune that you heard is from Spandau Ballet from 1983 from a tune called True. You remember yeah, that? I do remember right. that song. I love that song. It's too. a great jam. It it's used to good, get everybody going mix, on the dance floor. You know? It's yep. a good remix. A lot of people won't even notice that, Max. Right. But that's good. Right. All right. We put a great show together for you guys today. You're going to be really excited about this. Uh, we got Doc G's Corner. Um, if you're new to the show, uh, real name is Dr. Benjamin Gonzalez, medical director at Atlantis Medical Wellness Center. Um, 24 year active military service, graduate of University of Arizona, board certified physician. And this week, he's talking about CBD and weight loss. Max, we get a lot of questions about that too, don't we? We do. It's a very popular um, So question. CBD and weight loss is going to be in Doc G's corner. Following that, we pull some questions from the mail sack. You're not going to miss that as well. They're very common questions that we get from our day-to-day. Um, but, but as you know, 
Um, we realize a lot of you treat your pets a lot better than you treat yourself. Yeah, pets are part of the family. People love their pets. Um, pets can't speak up for themselves, right? So you have to look out for them. By the way, yesterday yesterday was National Canine Veterans Day. Let's bring that up. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's right. I did not know that. Yesterday. Yesterday. Canine yep. veterans. So Canine veterans. These are the military dogs that do a lot of the most dangerous stuff. They send them out in the front lines. I would imagine so. Bomb these sniffing. Are the, and these are the wartime canine um, well, soldiers. Hats off to those uh, those heroes out there, and we appreciate it. A lot of times they go overlooked. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, it's Women's History Month. And that's been our theme this month. And, and we have a great guest for you today. You've heard her before. Um, she was helping uh, MC Bravado through some of the issues he was having with his, his cat, his feline. She, she was able to join us and, and answer some questions. Dr. Jennifer Raymermeyer, she's a doctor of veterinary medicine as well as a, a certified uh, veterinary homeopath. Um, although you wouldn't know this by looking at her, she's been doing this for 30 years, 35 years, um, and very good at what she does. Dr. Raymermeyer, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you, Dr. Raymond Meyer? It's nice to have you here. And we want to dive in with the first question I think that, that we are curious about and what everybody wants to know about is, what is homeopathy and, and how is it different than regular traditional veterinary medicine? Homeopathy is an energetic medicine. And it works to reverse disease at a very deep level. Versus the conventional system is not curative at all, it just suppresses symptoms. So it's a very different medicine versus what's in the conventional system. Interesting, so, so go, ahead. go ahead. No, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I'm curious as to, um, you know, you started out in a traditional method. What made you make that switch? And, um, and what does it mean to be a certified homeopathic vet to you? Well, I switched because after, I think, 10 years of doing conventional medicine, I wasn't liking what I was seeing. I was seeing, you know, I was doing the Band-Aid approach of whatever prednisone, antibiotics, whatever um, medication was indicated in, in the syndrome I was treating, and then they, the animal would come back with a different condition um, and more severe. So it would just get, you know, more and more severe to the point of very often cancer. And I was a relief vet for a while, so I used to, you know, go from practice to practice, and I could see that. And the practices that did the heaviest were the heaviest handed with their conventional medicine and their drugs and and the you know, like front line and uh, revolution had the greatest percentage of cancer, versus practices that were more light handed uh, did not have that problem as much. So how do you become a veterinary homeopath? First, you have to get a DVM, and so I got mine at the Ohio State University in Columbus, and then you need to do a separate course, which takes one to two years, um, where you basically study pretty, pretty intensively, and then after that program, you can, you can then do a, it's basically a, a dissertation type thing where you have to pass a test and you have to do a presentation and, um, and then they'll award you the degree of certified veterinary homeopath. So I actually found that harder to go through than veterinary medicine. I, it hurt my brain. Really? <laughs> but, and yes, and it was very difficult. I tell people I can teach them veterinary medicine in a weekend 
you know, the, the conventional system. But homeopathy takes five years to really understand it thoroughly. What's, um, what makes it so much more difficult? It's just the principles uh, that were basically set down by the founder, Samuel Hahnemann, uh, 260 years ago. It's, it's a very difficult concept for us to understand that, uh, with, that we are all energy bodies and that by using these very um, these potentized remedies, they're basically there's nothing in them but uh, nanoparticles, can actually reverse disease in the body. So there's a lot, of, a lot of study that goes into learning how that could happen. And, and there's a book called The Organon, and it's sort of like the Bible of homeopathy. And that's really the first step you have to take to become a homeopath is, is, learn, is read that Bible and understand it. And it's very difficult to read. Wow, gotcha. So it, it seems like, um, you know, from the onset, some person may think that uh, to be a certified uh, homeopathic vet, that that might be like an alternative route, not something that you actually add on to a traditional studying. And then it sounds like, you know, you know, to rethink through how you treat your patients has got to be difficult, you know, because I know to be a, a veterinarian, it's a grueling program. It, you know, it's not, it's not uh, something like the, like, it's not the bottom of the class that right. gets to get, get into vet school. Right. It's very competitive, extremely right. competitive. And it really should be the first step in how we treat our disease, not a second step, not when conventional medicine doesn't work. We should be using homeopathy before we go to conventional medicine and use conventional medicine if the homeopathy doesn't work. So it should be reversed. Yeah. Now, how does, how does the, so in, in that realm, right, how does the typical sort of veterinarian um, um, group of people sort of embrace this alternative method? I mean, is there some, some understanding of it, or how do they feel about it? The other veterinarians are some that are um, open, and then there's some that are, they just flat refuse to even think about it, think about any alternative um, therapies at all. They're just... This is the way they have been trained this way, and this is how they're going to treat their patients. So it's really up to the consumer to make the decisions on how they want to treat their animal. Do they want to treat their animal so that the disease is cured, that's homeopathy, or do they just want to do a Band-Aid where they have to keep going back and back for the same problem and have it never really be resolved in many cases? You know, we so it's believe really in up to us to educate ourselves on what, you know, what is the better system of medicine at that time. Yeah, I was just going to get on that uh, topic exactly because there's a lot of education that's needed and we believe in what you're doing. Um, you know, right now, and we'll get to CBD after the break and those kind of things and some questions that you get from your patients, but um, I can imagine at some point, you know, and we know the regulators don't want people talk, want, want um, traditional veterinarians to talk about CBD and other alternatives there. Was there a time that um, they weren't okay with homeopathy? Not Maryland. Um, no, there is a, a movement right now by the FDA to try to basically outlaw homeopathy or, or at least the homeopathic remedies so that they're not available to the public anymore. That's actually going on uh, very soon in April where, uh, where the FDA is voting on this. Um, but really, you know, if you look back 100 years on veterinary medicine, they were using homeopathic remedies. We were, this was our system of medicine, you know, around 1918, in, you know, early, 
late 1800s, early 1900s. This was our system of medicine. Um, if you looked in, they had um, the, the, the medicine chest of a, a veterinarian for that time. One of their biggest remedies they had was Nux Vomica, which is a homeopathic remedy. So it was very widely used at one point, and what happened is the AMA decided they didn't want homeopathy as an option anymore and, and sort of made it sort of a witch hunt and it took away all the homeopathic hospitals. We used to have homeopathic hospitals for humans. Hmm. So I it used to be a really involved. big part of our, our, our medical system, but it got basically taken away by the AMA, which is American Medical Association. Yeah, that's that's what I was mainly hitting on is that, you know, they typically yeah. don't like things that go against their, their system or their training. And, and their dollars. And wondering if there's any sort of that, um, you know, specialization or not. But um, anyway, it, it's great to meet you again and have you on the show and introduce you. We have a lot to get into. We already have callers on the, the line. Um, we do have to take a short break, but stay with us and we'll be right back with more Dr. R. <laughs> more of Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. everybody. We're here with Dr. R, Understanding CBD. Hello, Max Sobel. Hello, Stephen Wallman. And, and Dr. R, Dr. Raymond here. That's the song played for her. She's a wild one, I'll tell you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, she, she helps the wild ones. She does, for sure. Um, uh, just to remind everybody, um, if you want to get a, a call in today, you should get on the phone right now and call 410-922-6680. Um, that's to get on the show today and ask a question of Dr. Raymond Meyer. Um, our, our resident veterinarian that uh, also does homeopathy. Uh, it, it's a, an incredible way, a natural way of healing your pet and really getting the source of the problem instead of just treating symptoms like a traditional veterinarian does. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got a couple questions on the phone. Before we get to that point, I just am curious, um, in your practice, when did, have you, when did you start hearing questions about CBD? Is it from the beginning or is it something that started more recently? I would say more recently in the last couple of years. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. And, and, and what sorts of trends or questions are people asking you about CBD? Is there anything specific that they're saying, or is it just like general questions? It's, it's mostly, can I use CBD? Would CBD help my dog or cat? Can I use it, doc? Is it okay with what, I'm, with what we're doing? And, um, and if so, can you tell me the dosage? Hmm. And 
as of late, I've had to say I can't really discuss it at all with you. You're going to have to find that information in a, from another source just because our, my hands are tied due to our veterinary board um, not allowing us to speak about CBD to our clients. Right, and that's a, a state of Maryland thing. And, and if we get a chance to later, we, we actually did a little legislative background research. There's a couple states right now that do have some uh, bills and regulations on, on the line to open that up for vets to be able to freely discuss this. But currently, yeah, a lot of them, their hands are tied. Um, I do want to get to our caller now. We have a pet question from Brenda in Pasadena. Brenda, what do you got for Dr. R.? Okay, so I recently um, got a Springer, English Springer Spaniel female. She's about six months now, and she has a horrible fishy smell near her genital area, and it's, it comes in waves. Now, she's, like I said, she's not yet six months. Um, she hasn't gotten her menstrual or anything and I'm wondering number one why is that occurring I've had female dogs before um, and how can I alleviate that naturally well it could either be a urinary tract infection or in some cases we have vaginal yeast infections if there was a past use of antibiotics have there been any antibiotic use here in the past? No. No, she just has had her regular shot so far. Mm-hmm. Um, no antibiotics. No antibiotics. So, and another uh, syndrome we have in, in female dogs is what's called a recessed vulva, and that can lead to uh, more yeast infections just by the, the structural issue of that and, and very often need surgery. But, and that can be diagnosed by your regular vet if that is the case. Uh, as far as for right now, I, I would probably try some cranberry capsules and, okay. or olive leaf just to see if it is an infection. But I would definitely start with at least bringing a urine sample in just to rule out urinary tract infection because there shouldn't really be that smell there. Right. And it's not all the time, it's just here and there, which mm-hmm. is, you know, new for me. Um, and I didn't know if it had anything to do with the fact that I've never had um, my other pets, um, you know, did not have, uh, well, how do I, I guess, um, <laughs> I'm trying to get it out. She is a you know she her hair is long down there so mm-hmm. i didn't know if that had anything to do with the possibility of adding to it or that she's not cleaning herself properly well done saying that in a way that we could play it on the radio thank you <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it appreciate it. well brenda you know that's a great question it sounds like you may want to um try a couple things uh dr r suggesting maybe get it get the uh, urine tested because that's probably one yeah. of the best things step you can one. you can really start with as a step one brenda i'd love to have you on longer we have um some other calls to get but thanks for taking care of your little puppy and congratulations thank you thanks brenda Hi, you're welcome um also and we have another caller here um and and this is kind of related to um to the care of uh, a young female dog um, and this is uh, my loved one, Linda. Linda, how are you today? 
I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling in because this is something, Dr. R, that uh, Linda and I have been um, reading a lot about since we have our, our puppies just turned one. We had one that had a menstrual cycle already. But, Linda, what's your question? So I'm concerned about the spaying process. Um, I'm not against spaying in general. I'm just worried about doing it too soon, the repercussions of doing it too soon. Um, I've come to understand that in Europe they wait until the dog is at least two years old and that by waiting you increase the dog's quality of life. They can mature their um, their hormones are more balanced. Females are less aggressive if you wait longer. But um, it seems the message I get from most people around here is do it and you're already late. You should have done it by now. So I'm really curious to hear what you think about staying and when. In my practice, I do recommend no sooner than two years of age and then also consider maybe not doing it all. If you are going to do it, then what I recommend is finding a veterinarian who will just remove the uterus. Because those yeah. hormones are very important for the dog, for their life. They need those hormones. Um, will they do okay without it? Yes, but they'll be healthier if they have uh, those ovarian hormones. Um, I know there are a few vets that will do it. It's hard to find them. Um, but, and I, I don't do spays anymore. Is there a reason why you don't do them anymore? I, I well, I'm just um, a homeopath that I work mostly over the phone. I just feel that people should be doing spays if they're doing them all the time. And I, for me, just to do a spay every three months is not enough. Surgery is something you have to um, keep up. You have to, right. in order exactly. to be, and, and there's nothing, no such thing as a routine spay. So I, I prefer to let people who are doing it all the time do that. All right. Good information. I would love to find out where we can find a veterinarian that is well-versed in performing the type of surgery you described where they leave the uterus, where they just take the uterus. I have a feeling you'll be um, doing some research on that. And Hi, Linda. Yeah. For that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Linda, I, for the I question. Know there is, I know there is somebody. I just don't know if they're still doing it. So it's possible to find them. All right, the search begins now. <laughs> Thank you. It's very controversial, you know, in, in, the, in the, um, the pet industry because, you know, the, Bob Barker used to say, have your pet spayed or neutered right. um, on the price is right. On the price is right. Um, so it's the first thing most people think of. He might have been the wrong one on that show, you know? <laughs> well, we, you know, we went through uh, the heat cycle with um, uh, Coco. They're both their sisters, and one had their, um, uh, their heat cycle before the other one, so that it wasn't the same time. We went through it. You know, look, it's it's not the end of the world. Um, definitely something you um, can can go through. And if it's it's better for your pet, it's just really a no-brainer. Um, I did have a question for you. Um, we do have a, a caller on the line here as well. Uh, before I, I bring the caller on, I wanted to ask you, because um, we get this question, what about pets and coronavirus? Are, are, is, is there any story there? Can pets get coronavirus? Yeah, cat, uh both dogs and cats can get coronavirus. I've seen several cases. It seems to be uh, a more a milder disease in dogs, and cats seem to have a harder time with it. I um, have treated very successfully using homeopathy, and they resolve very quickly with homeopathy. And just like the human cases do, that I've ha- I've actually treated friends and family with corona using homeopathy, and they resolve very quickly. 
So it, it's, um, but yes, I'm, I'm definitely seeing it, and particularly, you know, in, in animals that are living with corona-positive humans. And, um, and my own cat actually had corona. And um, so I, I know very well that it was, it was pretty severe in him. He had a hard time with it. It took me about a month to get him back. But he responded really well to homeopathy, and he's, you know, he's still around 16 years He's a 16-year-old cat. Oh, wow. Now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, nice that he's 16 years old. That's a long time for uh, yeah. you know, for cats to be around. And, um, oh, yeah. and thanks for that bit of information because we get it a lot and people shrug it off. Like, of course they can't get it. Like, it's um, it's not unheard of. So well, thanks. they were talking about great apes getting it, so it wouldn't be any reason. I mean, anything, you know. Did you say grape ape? Great apes. <laughs> okay. You're a great ape officially. Great so ape, you know. Beagly Beagly. No, you're, we're uh, great All right, apes. well, speaking of Beagly Beagly, um, from Rice, Virginia, we have a call from Steve. Steve, what do you got for Dr. R? Hey, uh, glad you guys had us on today, and I uh, appreciate it. My name's Steve Smelson with the Southside SPCA here in Meharan, Virginia. So I had a question. I have a um, I have a cocker spaniel that um, has epileptic seizures. Um, he is on Kepra, which pretty much keeps him under control. He averages about one every three to four months, and they're generally pretty mild. But I was uh, I was very interested in um, like CBD oil, specifically Max and Stevens, as far as how was that in in with controlling epileptic seizures in dogs. Um, and doctor, I'm not sure if you have the experience to a- answer that from a from a CBD perspective, since that's not your primary method of treatment for for um, seizures. But do you have any comments on 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 what Steve said and what he's treating with currently, and some suggestions? Yeah. So, what is important is to figure out what the trigger of the epilepsy is. If the trigger is an emotional upheaval uh, trigger, like every time you take him in the car um, and, he get, and he becomes agitated, then CBD can be very beneficial, I would say, to, to keep them calm and perhaps not have that trigger. Uh, you know, as far as it preventing epilepsy and treating epilepsy, I'm not really quite sure about that, but I do know homeopathy works really well, and I've taken a lot of dogs off of Kepra. And, and I have many dogs that are on, on no medications and, and, and have no more epileptic seizures after homeopathy. So I do that, know that homeopathy has been able to reverse that kind of situation. But uh, CBD, also- I, I can't see it hurting, but the only problem you have to be careful about is in some cases CBD can uh, elevate the liver enzymes in a dog, and if you're already on a medication that's elevating liver enzymes, it might you know, compound that, I would be really careful, I would say. Yes, ma'am. So far, we've been able to keep the liver enzymes under control with um, Denimarin and also, um, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the term. Um, <laughs> my mind just drew a blank. Yeah, but uh, it, it seems like it is uh, when he does have them. I think they're kind of um, emotionally triggered. Uh Sometimes, say there's a, a stray cat and he gets too overly excited um, mm-hmm. from that. That seems to be a trigger. Uh, looks like when he's in a in a situation where he's staying calm, they're not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, it might say, be something to try. I would definitely start really low with drops, 
just because, as I said, I'm uh, not really quite sure of the interaction between CBD oil and Keppra. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's really sound advice as well. Um, we've seen a lot of, um, and, and we generally recommend this to anyone who's starting, whether it's human or pet, Steve's, when you start the product, especially for dogs, since they are smaller and more sensitive potentially, is really just one drop of our Max yes, and Stevens in the, right in the mouth um, uh-huh. is the best way to administer it. Um, there's a lot of okay. products out there on the marketplace with other ingredients in it. You just want to make sure you're really looking at um, a lab report. And, of course, um, ours is completely tested and uh, and uh, certified. And it's a full spectrum, so you're getting that natural hemp product in there, not just uh, an isolated you know, molecule that people are doing. You know, Doc R., I want to I move on to a couple other things. I want to ask about uh, feet. Do you have somebody on the phone? Um, no, but I want to say, Steve, thanks for the work you're doing oh. at the, at the uh, SBA, SBCA down there in Virginia. We really appreciate um, you know, all that you yeah. do for the pets. So thanks again, and thanks for calling. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Pleasure. Thank you, Steve. My apologies. Yeah, Doc R., I wanted to talk to you about uh, feeding pets. So there's some questions around that. Do you have any opinions, um, some tips that you could give people about the feed or the food that they give to their pets? Well, I'm a big raw food advocate. I mean, we're dealing with animals that have come from wolves. So we really do want to try to emulate what wolves and then and cats, basically, they, they've come from wild cats. But which in the wild, both of these species eat you know, whole animals. And um, that means that they need a raw diet that has a um, certain percentage of skeletal meat, certain percentage of organ meats, and then vegetables. Uh, dogs need, theoretically, about 75% meat and organ meats and 25% vegetables. Uh, cats more need 90% meat and 10% um, vegetables. But I, I don't recommend any dehydrated foods. I don't rec- recommend dehydrated, dehydrated raw or pelleted foods. Not even science diet? Not even science diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to feed my cat that. Boy, did she look bad on that. <laughs> so my cats are raw fed. They, you know, as I said, 116, 117, they have very glossy, beautiful hair coats. They're, they're pretty healthy. You would not know that they're the age they are. And um, so they've been 100% raw fed from kittens. And if you feed raw, they'll be a lot healthier. You'll, your veterinary bills will be a lot less. Mm. And um, in general, you know, they'll, and the animals love it in, in most cases. There are some times when you can't get um, a patient to, to accept it or they um, maybe have some digestive upset on it. But that usually means that you need to treat them homeopathically, homeopathically that there's an underlying chronic disease that's uh, have, giving them some digestive issues that they need to be dealt with first before the raw diet. Gotcha. Now, Dr. R., we can continue this all day. We do have to, to let you go now. We appreciate everything. How can people get in touch with you? Well, the best way is probably to email me at holistic.dvm at gmail.com. Thank you very much, Dr. R. We appreciate your time today and, and your sage advice. Um, hope we can hear from you again on the show. So thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll be right back with Doc G's Corner. Thank you, Dr. R. Appreciate your time today.
Now more of Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Here we are, everybody. Welcome back, Understanding CBD. I'm Stephen Walman. We got Max Sobel right next Top to me. Top Gun time. And uh, we're introducing you again to Doc G, Doc G's Corner. This is Dr. Benjamin Gonzalez. He's with Atlantis Medical Wellness Center in Silver Spring, Maryland. Doc G, help us lose some weight this week, man. Talk to me. Gentlemen. Man, it's been a tough <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, that seems to be the theme, right? Pandemic 20, baby. <laughs> oh, well, it's good to hear your guys' voice. I am Dr. Ben Gonzalez, and this is Dr. G's Corner. Well, in the past, I've talked about how CBD helps with inflammation, exercise recovery, chronic pain, and gut health. Well, it turns out all those things are, of course, related to weight loss. Not only weight loss, but the more important idea of the maintenance of weight loss and metabolism. In your body, you have cannabinoid receptors called CB receptors, in particular, CB1 and CB2 receptors. The effects of CB in your body are a result of the interactions with these CB receptors. CB1 receptors are found mostly in your brain, and CBD2 receptors are found mainly in your immune system, especially in one of the largest organs in your immune system, and that's your gut. Research has shown in overweight and obese individuals, there is an imbalance of these CBD receptors, which triggers overeating and obesity. These CBD receptors imbalances are mostly found in the brain and the gut. In medicine, we know there's a powerful connection between the gut and the brain. This CB receptor imbalance causes changes in the normal bacteria in your gut and hormone production, causing your metabolism to slow down and for weight to stick despite increasing exercises and diet. Researchers believe this imbalance of CB receptors in the body contribute to the difficulty in losing weight. When you combine that with poor eating habits and lack of physical activity, increased overall stress and inflammation, you can see how difficult it would be to lose weight. When you add the age factor, you see an overall increase in body inflammation and the decline of hormones in your body, all contributing to slow metabolism and difficulty losing weight despite doing all the right things. Now, here comes the good part. A properly sourced, full-spectrum CBD can help shift the balance or the imbalance of not only CB receptor response, but also help decrease overall inflammation in your body, improve stress, help shift hormone imbalances, all of which contribute to not only weight loss, but the maintenance of weight loss. There's a great deal of research in the field of weight loss and obesity. Sadly, there's very little research in the maintenance of weight loss and metabolism. Research has shown that using a full-spectrum CBD can decrease appetite and allow your body to burn fat more efficiently. CBD can improve many metabolic issues such as diabetes, imbalanced cholesterol, and hypertension. I have seen CBD work in my weight loss and metabolic repair practice with dramatic results. In fact, CBD is part of my many of many of my weight loss and metabolic repair programs. If you have any questions concerning the use of CBD for weight loss or exercise or metabolic repair, you can call my clinic at 301-622-2722 to set up a telephone appointment, and I will be happy to answer your questions. And that's 301-622-2722, and mention you heard me on this program. You can direct message me on Instagram as well. Just search Ben Gonzalez underscore MD. That's B-E-N-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z underscore MD. Well, guys, I hope that helped. Next week, I'll be talking about CBD and how it can help with autoimmune issues.
Nice. Oh, very good. Very good topic, Doc G. Yeah, um, personal. Good. Definitely, for sure. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Stay tight with us. We're back with your favorite segment of the week. Mailsack. Oh, Ooh, baby. baby. Thanks, Mrs. Mailsack. Doc G, we'll see you soon. Take care. Take care. Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. And welcome back, everybody. We are still COVID-free in the place to be. And this section or segment is called... Mail Sack! You've got mail. That's right. You know, listening to music, and music is such a big part of what we do, I'll throw out another little tidbit of information. You know, I like to use little Easter eggs during this last segment. And I'll mention that if you enjoy our music and you're a Spotify user, Stephen and I actually have a personal playlist where all of the music that we use on this show is located on that personal playlist. It's called, if you search for Understanding CBD, it's a playlist, and you can access it right from our website, understandingcbd.com. Not sure if we ever talked about that, but I'm glad we mentioned it, right, Stephen? Right, right. And there's a, and if they're actually um, super fans, they're there's a certain place on the website you can click and it launches it, right? That's right, currently, right. That's yeah. right, that's right. We won't tell them. You'll have to find yeah, it for yourself. Yeah, find it out. Yeah, Dig around. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, this is MailSack. This is where we get the ch- chance to talk about us and our product a little bit. I do want to mention, before we move on to um, speaking about our product, you know, back to the pet conversation, um, Florida, Massachusetts, Montana, and Nevada all have bills or regulations making hemp extracts available for our uh, furry friends. So make sure that you make your, your, your voice heard if you're in those states and you can somehow help. Yeah, and that's important too because even though the federal law changed when um, in 2018 with the Farm Bill, a lot of states have some old bills there that are still preventing the practice of um, veterinarians um, and even regular physicians in speaking about it too. So talk to your your, your congressperson and, and local and, and see what's happening in your state. And I'm sure those aren't the only old bills that are still stuck in there. I mean, there's mm-hmm. insanity everywhere, right, Stephen? That's what I hear. All right, so back to mail sack. Let's talk about some conversations we had this week, and I believe you had a call from Donna. Let me dig into my mail sack here. Dig into your mail sack. Show me your mail sack. All right, here we go. Yes, this is a mail sack from Donna. We appreciate Donna's a customer of ours, by the way, and um, uh, she asked a question um, f- about uh, does CBD oil help high blood pressure? Huh. You know, which was an interesting question. Um, and and generally, the answer I gave her, of course, we can't give medical advice, of but, course not. but general guidance um, and and some research uh, that we've done and what we've heard is that CBD can lower blood pressure caused by stress and anxiety. Um, we learned this from Doc G. 
Um, um, it also does this by reducing cortisol levels and diluting blood vessels, so more blood can flow. Um, it's not a replacement for any medication that you might be taking because it is, um, but it's well tolerated. So a lot of people do use it because there aren't any side effects if you do have um, a high blood pressure. Um, and, and it does also, you know, you're talking about things, high blood pressure caused by like stress and anxiety, not a genetic type of a situation mm-hmm. that you're dealing with there. Lots of stress and anxiety going on right now. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the guidance we gave her. She was definitely appreciative of that. And uh, she said it was very helpful. And it just is an anecdote because she's been using our product for a few months as well. She gave us some feedback on there as well. She said, uh, what is Dennis? I said, so, you know, how's everything else going? She said, I've been using a half a milliliter every morning orally and uh, it's done wonders for my hip pain. Imagine that. So it's great to hear that uh, she's getting some relief from the hip pain pain because, you know, when your hips aren't working right, it it just impacts everything, even sleeping, sitting, uh, not even mentioned walking, just normal things, going to the bathroom with that hip pain um, can really be debilitating. You know, we we could probably take a second and also mention that there's a lot of phone calls that we get and there's a lot of inquiries that we get from our customers or potential customers. And just remember that if you're going to call, you can call us anytime. If you're going to call us and ask us specific instructions about an ailment that you have, we're always going to tell you the same thing, and that is to first check with your medical professional and then potentially try our product. If you have questions specific about our product, we'll be happy to talk about it all day long, and yeah. we do. And that number is 443-743-2444. Yeah, and call Doc G. And real quick, we got a quick caller who wants to say something here on the phone. Uh, Melissa. Hi. Hi, I spoke to Max, I believe it was earlier in the week. Hi, Melissa. How are you? got a quick shipment you sent it immediately, and I received it. Thank you so much. <laughs> we can't live without the CBD oil, and it's really appreciative. Melissa, I can't tell you what that means to me. First of all, I appreciate talking to you every time that you call me and every time that you order. And second of all, the fact that you took the time to call our show and, and, and share that feedback is really tremendous. So thank you very much. We love you. Yeah, Melissa, well, that's... we like to listen every week, so thanks. Appreciate that. Th- we, that's why we do what we do. That's why we okay? do it. That's that's really the reciprocation we love. Thank you so much for calling. And, and most importantly, it. I'm glad that you're getting the relief that you're looking for with our product. Thank you. Isn't that great, Max? I what don't know, that? man. You know, if if all we did was take calls, we were talking today that, you know, if we talk about pets a lot, clearly a lot of people call. Um, and that's, if we had a combination of pet calls and then customer testimonials, <laughs> we probably could make a show out of it, wouldn't you say, Steve? <laughs> I'm, I'd like it. I'm not sure how much our, our listeners would. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention also is the radio station has a new partnership with Newsmax. So all the callers, uh, the main guests that have called in, has been on the Newsmax hotline. Right. Um, and we want to make sure we promote them because they're really helping the radio station out um, and, and that, w- that partnership. So we want to make sure um, we, we give that Newsmax plug out here as well. Yeah, that's right. And we got um, reprimanded for not doing it. So yeah. let's, let's say what it is. Come on, yeah. Max. <laughs> and we yeah. did it because we care. <laughs> Um, anyway, radio people, we are. You know, we wanted to thank um, you know Dr. Ramomar. Thanks for being on the guest, uh, our guest today. Yeah. Um, taking the questions is is always tough. Being on the spot, of course, you did an awesome job. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, all the callers that called in um, with with the pet questions. You know, Steve, Brenda, Linda. Thank you so much for calling in, and Melissa, of course. Um, you know, Doc we, G. you know, we really appreciate that. Doc G is always great. Um, Noah, thanks for taking the calls in there. Max, uh, you know, I really appreciate you and the listeners. You know, for tuning in. Um, listen to our story. You didn't story. get a chance to appreciate me yet, and then you moved right on to the I listeners. Did. I did. In a, in a typical <laughs> fashion. It's all good. We want to thank our sponsors, Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts, and everybody knows that you can call or text the number 443-743-2444. You can also visit us on www.maxandstevens.com. 
you'll want to pick up a bottle for yourself, for a loved one, certainly for a pet, right? Our pets use it. Yeah, yeah. And then you want to also catch all of these episodes on understandingcbd.com, where you can see all previous episodes. You can also catch it on every one of your podcast uh, software, any podcast service you use. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a wonderful week. I would spend no time at all researching cryptocurrencies <laughs> and Bitcoin. I would do none of that research whatsoever because there's no possible way that that could benefit Max, you. if you had to pick your favorite cryptocurrency, what would it be? Litecoin. God bless you all. Litecoin. All right. Interesting. Theta. Theta. Okay. Cardano. <laughs> right. Ethereum. Talk to you all next week. Polka we appreciate dot. you.